All right, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do, especially in the first hour. Georgia Election Integrity Town Hall is uh, actually going on right now. Real America's Voice is covering it. We're going to try to bring you as much of the content that's pertinent to what's going on as we possibly can tonight. Uh, This is in Georgia. Our own John Fredericks was there, is there, was speaking, I was meant to say, was speaking already. Um, And our own Heather Mullins is there as well. She was interviewed on Dr. Gina's show right before us. And obviously a lot going on with Georgia. We have some video out out of Georgia of some ballots today that, uh, well, there seems to be some issues. There's a lot going on in Georgia today. Uh, New press release out by uh, Garland Favorito. New evidence reveals Georgia audit fraud, massive errors. We'll work our way through that as well. Um, and we're going to dip in as much as we can to the in- Integrity Town Hall here and listen to the speakers and listen to what's going on um, as much as we can. Our own John Fredericks, like I said, has already spoken, but he's been on stage a couple times. I don't know if he's coming back or not, but we will. Uh, well, let's just dip in right now and listen to what they're saying, G. Tonight that have come from across the state, and they're very special because there are only two of four that actually have stood up and fought for election integrity and fought for a forensic audit. They've been kicked off their committees, they've been shunned. I mean, we know what's going on with leadership in our state, right? Listen, I love Brian Kemp, I fought for Brian Kemp, I supported him, but why the hell has he not called for a special session to get a forensic audit in this state? Brian Kemp could be the hero. He could be the hero and call for a forensic audit. At this point, okay, the presidential election is done. I personally don't believe you're going to overturn a presidential election. I don't think there's the mechanism in our U.S. Constitution to do that. We're in uncharted territory. Anything is possible. But I do believe you can decertify a Senate race and we can get the right senator to Washington and stop Joe Biden's agenda dead in its tracks. And Brian Brian Kemp could be the one to lead that effort. But where is he? Where is he? So, listen. We got a lot of work to do, but I want to bring these guys up because they have been in the trenches fighting. They're not just talking the talk. They have actually been fighting for us. They've been to Arizona and met with the senators there in Arizona. They observed the forensic audit going on in Arizona. And so we need them now to continue to carry this baton and fight for us and make sure that we get a forensic audit here in Georgia because we the people deserve free and fair elections. And so I want to bring up now Senator Brandon Beach and Senator Burt Jones. Come on up, guys. They, they're been, they're, that's right, stand up, they deserve it. said two of four. The other two are Senator Greg Dolezal and William Ligon, who has since retired. But these guys have been doing the real work. And you know what? I'm just going to turn it over to them, let them talk, and then we'll take, um, we'll ask questions and we'll get the conversation going. But guys, thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Amy, Kylie. Thank you for putting this on. Congressman Green, thank you for all you do. Thank you for having us up here in your district. And where is John Fredericks? John, thank you for all you do. The Godzilla of truth. Thank you for all your, all your, your, 
your work in this. Let me tell you, I, I want to thank you all for coming. I, I will tell you that I've been going to Republican events for the last 26 years. I've never seen the energy, the passion. People are upset, but also they're educated. When I talk to people, they know who Gabe Sterling is. They know who Jordan Fuchs is. They know who works in the Secretary of State's office. We've got to keep that energy and passion up till 2022 and then 2024. And I will tell you, one of my colleagues said, I said, I said, I've never seen anything like this. New people, energy, and passion. He said, oh, by 2022, they'll go away. I said, you're not going to the same meetings I'm going to. These folks aren't going away. Y'all aren't going away. And I just want to thank y'all. Give yourself a round of applause. Thank you for being here. So let me, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Brandon Beach. I, I'm the senator from the 21st district. I represent Alpharetta, Milton, and Cherokee County. And I'm in my fifth term, so I'm going in my 10th session. And I've had my cell phone on my website and on my state page all 10 years. I said, if I'm going to represent you, I want you to be able to get a hold of me. First nine years, no phone calls. Even during the heartbeat bill and some tough issues we took up, never, my phone never rang. After November 3rd, I woke up, my phone was ringing. And I knew something was wrong when Chantel and I, my wife and I, went to bed that night. Trump was winning. Like John said, we thought he won. We were celebrating. And then woke up, and he had not won. And I can tell you, as a resident of Fulton County, when Fulton County does elections, I've been there 27 years, on their best day, they're incompetent. That's on their best day. <laughs> they're incompetent. They do not know how to run elections. And so what happened was, we said, what the heck happened? How did this happen? And we started asking questions. And we found out that Brad Raffensperger entered into an agreement during COVID when we were all home, shelter in place with Stacey Abrams. And we said, he doesn't have the right to do that. He doesn't have the authority to do that. Only the General Assembly, I see Katie Dempsey here. It should have went through the General Assembly. Not one person has the right to change state statute. It was never in state statute to have drop boxes. So we said, we got to have a special session to change this. Because if you think, and I told my colleagues this in Athens, and, and Bert will remember this, we had a, a caucus meeting. I said, guys and gals, if you think between Janu uh, November 3rd and January 5th, Fulton County is going to get better, you're crazy. If we don't change this agreement where the signatures have to match and get rid of these drop boxes, we're going to have the same result and we're going to lose two U.S. Senate seats. And that's what happened. Stacey Abrams had the formula to, to cheat and she did it. And we allowed her to do it and we could have changed that. And we knew the signature match was real because Greg Dolezal, one of the senators that uh, she mentioned, actually wrote in for an absentee ballot, signed a complete different name, three days later got an absentee ballot. They weren't checking any signatures, okay? The drop boxes were a problem. The chain of custody, I had someone in Cobb County send me these forms that showed the same two people went and picked up ballots at these drop boxes on a certain day, like October 26th, and didn't bring them in until October 29th. Where were those for three days? Chain of custody was broken. Were they in the back seat of someone's car? Did they, were they in somebody's garage? They should have went straight to the elections office and somebody else would have signed. It was the same three people that signed it and there was over a hundred of these. I mean, just thousands of ballots that the chain of custody was broken. So we had problems and we could have fixed them between November 3rd and January 5th if we would have called a special uh, session. But the leadership didn't want to do it. And I do believe, as John said, I think they thought once January 20th came 
everything would go away. They didn't count on Bob Cheeley having a lawsuit. They didn't count on Arizona. They didn't count on Pennsylvania now looking into this. And we're not going away. And I can tell you that uh, as long as I'm a senator down there, I will continue to fight. Because not only did Donald Trump win this election November 3rd, David Perdue should have never been in a runoff. Never been in a runoff. And so we're going to continue to fight. And um, so I just, again, I want to thank you all for what you do and, and for being involved and stay involved, stay engaged. And, and to what Congresswoman Green said, your local elections are important for your school boards and your county commissioners. Make sure you get the right people in that are, that are conservative, that are pro-business, that want to get things done and want to protect your vote. And I will tell you that that's one of the things we're going to make sure. Senate Bill 202 did some, of the, some good and I voted for it, but I wanted to get rid of drop boxes completely and I wanted no excuse absentee ballots. I didn't get that, but we'll get, we'll get there. The other thing I want to do, and listen, I'm a fiscal conservative. Okay, I don't like wasting taxpayer money. But if we have to sell those Dominion machines to Venezuela for 20 cents on the dollar, let's take our lick and get rid of them. Okay? Let's get rid of those Dominion machines. All right? And so those are the things I want to continue to do. And I will tell you, uh, Senator Jones has a bill that he sponsored. I'm going to let him talk about it. I was the number two signer on it to do just that, to get rid of the Dominion machines and give the counties options. I'll let him tell you about it. I will tell you this, that um, I, I, I'm very good friends. We came in together 10 years ago, and I would just say this. I think he'd make a great lieutenant governor, don't you? Wait till you hear. He'd be a great lieutenant governor. And, and I will tell you, when he, we drove up here together, and uh, I didn't wear a tie. I said, you must be running for statewide office. You wore a tie. So I think he is. But, uh, but listen, I, I appreciate y'all coming out. I want to let Senator Jones talk and then we'll turn it back over to Amy for questions and answers and, and, and get some of y'all's feedback because we want to listen to you. But thank you very much again. Thank you. Good evening. Let's see how much time we got here. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Y'all got a beautiful downtown here in Rome, Georgia. So I, I want to give plenty of time. The reason why I was looking at my watch, I want to give plenty of time to have questions because we're interested in what people are saying. Like Brandon said, we've been going around the state uh, talking to groups like this, uh, and they are two, three times the size of uh, normal groups that we would usually have. Uh, and, and historically speaking, Brandon and I came in together uh, 10 years ago, and I can tell you for a fact that uh, the day of the election, we knew something was off. It, we were getting phone, at least I was getting phone calls from people from uh, inside my district, outside my district that were having issues at polling precincts, whether they were being turned away saying they uh, had not, uh, uh, they were being turned away saying they'd already voted and uh, uh, absentee and they had not requested an absentee ballot. So we knew uh, something was, um, was something fishy was going on, really. Uh, and before I jump into all those details, let me tell you a little bit. I'm Burt Jones. I'm from Jackson, Georgia. I represent nine counties in middle Georgia, uh, ranging from uh, my hometown of Jackson all the way over to Lake Oconee to Baldwin County, Milledgeville, down to Bibb County area. So I, I've got a pretty good area of the state, and I've got a pretty good pulse of uh, what people are thinking and, and what they are uh, feeling about this last election cycle. Um, however, you know, with the issues that we came up with earlier, 
uh, early on, um, we were sitting there thinking, logically thinking, you know, we've got a Republican Secretary of State, we're going to be fine, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll sort through this stuff, no problem. And, uh, and early on, we were communicating as a, as a Senate body uh, with the Secretary of State's office, and, um, and people like Susie Voles and, and uh, citizens from all over the state kept coming forward to us with affidavits of, of issues, not just in Fulton County, but in Cobb and Chatham and, and uh, Floyd County as well, and Bibb County and, and uh, over around uh, Columbus and Augusta area as well. So it was, it was something that was um, really uh, uh, unique as far as other elections are uh, historically speaking are concerned. So uh, we saw no need not to uh, dismiss all these rank and file citizens uh, as people who were who were just sore uh, sore losers about the election because it, it was too significant of a number to ignore. Uh, once we saw that we weren't going to get a whole lot of cooperation out of our Secretary of State's office, uh, we took it upon, upon, our, upon ourselves to hold uh, meetings. Uh, with, with, right. and have uh, these witnesses. This is live from Studio 6B. We're covering the Women for America's exactly First uh, Conference uh, town hall tonight on election integrity. If you're watching on Real America's Voice, we're going to go to commercial break. If you're with us on live from Studio6B.com, we'll continue this right through the commercial break. Uh, we're back right after this. Live from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour on a Tuesday night. We've been listening to what's really much better than the last, well, not that the last one, there's nothing wrong with it, but this is much more informative than the last Women for America's First event. We, I think we kind of missed all the speakers in the last one, but this one so far has been very informative. Uh, let's go back to it, G. Down, uh, say there was no election fraud, no election fraud, no election fraud. Well, when we started session, we had 80 election bills. Now think about that for a second. There's, there's no election fraud, no election fraud. So why do you need 80 bills to address it? And a lot of it was just a lot of those same legislators that were just trying to cover their tracks and, and uh, 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 cater to their uh, folks back home uh, saying, well, look, I'm doing something. And, and the fact of the matter is it was, it was a smokescreen. Now I did drop one bill and all those election bills because I kept telling my my colleagues, our colleagues, I said, you know, you've already lost the PR war. You lost the P, so if you're trying to win it by having an election integrity bill, that's gone right now. So what we need to do, if you're trying to fix something, you've got to get to the root of the problem. You can't fix anything if you don't know what it is you're fixing. And that's true in business, politics, is at home in your marriage. If you don't know what you're doing wrong, then how are you going to know how to fix it? So we ended up pushing through uh, uh, the elections bill at 202 uh, that uh, it does some things that are, that are good, uh, but, uh, but I don't think it actually gets to the, to the root of the issue. The one bill I dropped out of all the election bills that were dropped, the one bill I dropped was, uh, like Brandon said, uh, you know, sometimes you got to admit when you're wrong. Sometimes you got to admit when you've made a bad investment. And my bill simply, got rid of the Dominion machines. And it, uh, 
and because the confidence in the and in the integrity of our election is not there and a lot of it is is centered around those election mach the machines and uh, my bill simply does, gives counties an option uh, to either go to a paper ballot or find another vendor uh, that they have confidence in uh, to to uh, use in the system you know right now you're not even running you're not the locals in the states not running elections when you hire a third party vendor uh, the, the third party party vendors running your elections and that's a problematic as far as I'm concerned and uh, so I um, I'm uh, that bill still alive I'm hoping it will it didn't get a hearing because uh, you know we were the outcasts uh, in the uh, in the legislative body this past ses session because of us speaking out uh, but it hadn't stopped us you know we're still talking uh, because the people are on our side you know <laughs> It's pretty amazing that the Republicans are the outcasts. And I'm looking forward to taking questions here, but it is vital moving forward. Would you look at everything that your the cancel culture and everything that's being pushed out uh, to, from our school kids? Um, when you look at the, uh, the curriculum they're trying to push on our school children, uh, to what they're pushing in women's sports right now, uh, to to everything. Uh, it is it is it is so very important that people in this room and like-minded people outside of this room get involved not just in state politics your school boards your county commission boards state legislatures at the federal level as well because there is a very sinister movement going on in this country and it does not have the 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 American values at heart, the American values that most of us here in this room have grown and loved and appreciate, and uh, and so I I encourage everyone uh, to start getting involved in in not just state and, and federal politics, but also local as well, because it's it's just too important moving forward. Thank you so much for being here. Look forward to the questions. I want to give John Fredericks a, a a big thank you. When we were. He, he was he was our only voice. He was the only voice when we were pushing for uh, pushing for a special session and also election uh, election audit of particular in particular Fulton County. Uh, he was the only voice that was actually allowing us to give have a platform to speak from uh, because everybody else was twisting and turning, uh, making us out to be uh, a bunch of radicals that that uh, just absolutely were sore losers and and wanted to uh, wanted to uh, unconstitutionally overturn an election when all we wanted was the truth and that's still what we're seeking for and that's what we're going to get with with your help moving forward. So. I, Thank y'all very much. We're going to take some questions here. All right, uh, there you go. There's your two senators. Um, at the we're going to, looks uh, like they're going to take some started, questions. Though, I just want to remind everyone, you should have a program, and on the program is a QR code. If you'd like to help, right, G, we'll get back America to this. First, we don't need, you can go. Uh, we'll get back to the content maybe with the questions. So, all of this, all of this happening under the under the umbrella today of Joe Biden running to Pennsylvania um, in really what was 
a speech that I found myself throughout going, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> really? This is the speech where you're asking yourself? No, but question? I mean, I mean, be, under, <laughs> when you give all the facts of what he, he runs there now after uh, Pennsylvania Mastriano comes out with this video yesterday that we're going to undertake this forensic audit. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden now he's running to Pennsylvania to make this speech. And it was like it was like somebody handed him the speech on the way in and just said, OK, Joe, just just yell a lot about this. And it's the worst thing you've seen since just every bad cliche in the book. Oh, they yeah. gave him to run in there and talk about. It's like he read every Jim Crow or, or you know, anti, um, anti-voting anti rights uh, uh, bumper sticker along the way yeah. and, and just regurgitated it. That's exactly right. Just go run interference, Joe. Just yell and scream a lot about it's the worst thing since this, the Civil War. Just incoherent statements. Make no arguments. Don't actually say anything. Right, Just... And we'll take your eight best sound bites and run them on a loop <laughs> on all of our liberal media channels, and we'll try to make it sound good until everything else just kind of blows away. Yeah, it, it was. It's it. It did seem to me, and to use one of Joe Biden's terms, I'm not trying to be. Um, over, but it, it it seems like he was a little desperate today in this speech, like he was almost over pleading with people. Well, doth the lady protest too <laughs> exactly. much? Yeah, about th- maybe what's they, coming. Or I think what's... they know what's coming down the pike. I think they're seeing that you know what we're going to get some really um, uncomfortable news coming out of Arizona, and it's going to spread, and it's going to go to Pennsylvania, and you see it also coming out of Georgia. I mean, let's face You know what? There is. I lived in Philadelphia for a little while, about a year and a half. There is no place more corrupt when it comes to politics. Maybe maybe D.C., maybe Detroit, but Philadelphia is right there. Those, those three are running neck and neck when you talk about corrupt politics, yeah, right. and it's all Democrat-run. You're right. Chicago, hold my beer, watch what we can do. You know, Philadelphia is... It's all the same everywhere where in, in all the spots where, where it mattered, too. I mean, you, I, I was on a radio show. We had people calling in saying you have to look out in this area. The union thugs are coming by with uh, two-by-fours and smashing people online. This, 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 this is a ner- normal occurrence. Uh, so I can imagine. And this was back in 2004 when it was Bush, Bush uh, Kerry. I can imagine what's been going on there since. Gee, you can leave the event up so we can know whether we want to go back to it or not if you want there. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's see if they're taking questions here, if they're talking about it. I just want to hear content about the uh, I don't know election. I so. remember this, but I was on a TV interview and um, last night, and we were talking about Stacey Abrams um, <laughs> and uh, how much money she's raised in her Fair Fight Act. Do y'all remember in 2018 there was a certain gubernatorial candidate that um, didn't didn't come out on the winning end and all of a sudden contested the race and said that it was a fraud, that reason why they lost. Y'all remember that? Because that was what Stacey Abrams did when she was running for governor in 2018. She didn't win and she immediately didn't concede. I don't think she's ever conceded. No, she and, said she wouldn't. And, uh, and, and she, and she uh, blamed fraud, uh, fraudulent activity on that on that race. Now, so you've had a 2018 election cycle and now a 2020 election cycle where the integrity and legitimacy of the vote has been put into question. So I think it's important for all citizens of Georgia to get to the bottom of all our right, if election. If you're watching on Real America's Voice, we're going to take our uh, scheduled break. If you're watching on live from Studio6B.com, we will continue coverage of the event. We're back right after this.
Live live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Still spending our time here watching the Georgia Election Integrity Town Hall. Uh, Women's uh, for America's First is going on. It's been uh, very informative. Uh, the two senators who spoke were excellent. Both um, Right now we're doing some Q&A, and some of this is a lot of deep minutia about envelopes and things like that, chain of custody, which we know chain of custody as uh, Senator Beach, I believe, was talking about, you know, ballots being picked up, left in cars for three days, not returned. We know chain of custody was pretty much a disaster. By the way, not just in Georgia. Uh, so, I mean, some of the things that st- stand out to, to me, though, uh, you know, I don't know. And I, I don't know how all this works. But when you, if you're a senator and you're saying, you know, we all know that Fulton, Fulton County, if they're doing elections, at best, they're miserable. Well, wouldn't that tell you that, go, like, from the jump, you maybe need to have a little more? I mean, I don't know. Isn't that kind of weird when he says that? Yeah, it, it's almost like, well, we've come to accept it and we, we're okay with it. But but you shouldn't be okay with it. I don't care if it is the norm. I mean, look what happened down in Florida. What was it in, uh, was it 2012 or 2016 where, where all of a sudden, I think it was uh, Governor Rick Scott came in and they decided they're going to clean up uh Palm Beach County, I think, was the big problem down there. Yeah. And they they got rid of the person who was in charge, who was a Democrat, who, you know, they, they kind of cleaned house. And now I guess that's a whole lot better than it used to be. And you would think it sounds like the same problem in Fulton County. You would think, well, with the Demo- with the Republicans in charge, they'd, they'd be looking at that county going, you know, we got to clean up this mess because sooner or later, this is going to be a major problem for us. Yeah. Well, let's hear, uh, friend, let's hear Senator Beach here. FBI or who? We've got to hold people accountable and we've got to punish people for, you know, doing this to, to you know, to break the law. Yeah, and, and we haven't done that so far. And until we do that, I don't think we're going to solve the problem. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when you look at a perfect example is uh, Fulton County uh, hires and are, is contracted with, uh, and they just renewed the contract with a, a temp agency called Happy Faces, <laughs> and uh, Happy Faces was the uh, was in charge of providing the uh, manpower for. They just um, renewed the contract uh, for yeah. the election. John C. Abrams and they just company. Were renewed John Solomon reported on Happy Faces on this show last time he was on upcoming um, uh, municipal elections that they have going on, and and there are direct ties between that organization and and Stacey Abrams' organization. And and they were in charge of signature verification in wow. Fulton County. What a shocker! Uh, right? And uh, so when you when you have organizations uh, that are that are being hired by uh, counties uh, to uh, like this, this is a perfect example. I mean, there's there's got to be a, a better vetting process in place uh, because it's obvious um, if there's if there's ties to organizations who have a certain political leaning or if they're ties to actual candidates in within um, organizations uh, that, that that's an issue that that really does need to be addressed and, that's a and great point <laughs> happy face hmm. interesting okay um, which legislators in the GOP are having or want to have a forensic audit? And I guess an addition to that question would be, do we have like a list? I mean, I don't know if I've seen one or if you've seen one, but do you guys know of like a list of people like yourselves um, who are willing to come out and say, we want an audit and, and buy, come together? I know you did during the session, 
But is it happening now? That's what this question's about. Well, there's the 10 people that signed the letter to Mike Pence, correct? We're asking them to it was, it was, it, it was 16, I think it was 16 on the, oh, on the Pence letter, yeah. yeah so. But there was, and there was only eight on the petition. That when we tried to get the 29 to call a special session, besides the governor being able to do it? There's a lot of willing legislators. They're just getting their cues from people at the top who are unwilling to do it. Uh, and, um, and so uh, the pressure needs to be a top-down approach as, as opposed to bottom-up because uh, it, uh, there, there are plenty of legislators if, 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 if people in certain positions were taking the lead on it, uh, then they would fall in line. Uh, unfortunately, we hadn't had that happen. So okay. if that answers your question. All right. Uh, what does Georgia propose to do regarding replacement of Dominion machines? I know that you said you had some legislation to stop those machines. Mm -hmm. Do we have an alternative? Did you talk about that or do you have one? Well, the legislation is still is still live. Okay. It, just, it just didn't get a hearing okay. uh, this last session. Uh, Fran, uh, take it know, down for a second. We, we heard him talk about the, the uh, Dominion machines, and we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. But just uh, the happy faces thing is interesting because he said they just renewed the contract. Yeah. Just the News reported on this, and so did PJ Media, Matt Margolis, back on June 18th. Happy faces, a contractor hired by the Georgia Secretary of State, to monitor election counting in Fulton County, wrote a 29-page memo back in November outlining the massive election integrity failures and mismanagement that he witnessed uh, in the Atlanta area's election center. The bombshell report, constructed like a minute-to-minute -minute diary, cited a litany of high-risk problems, such as the double counting of votes, insecure storage of ballots, possible violations of voter privacy, the mysterious removal of election materials at a vote collection warehouse, and the suspicious movement of too many ballots on election day. This seems like a massive chain of custody problem, the contractor Carter Jones of Seven Hill Strategies warned in the memo, which was delivered to Raffensperger's office shortly after the election. Jones claims he observed absentee ballots arriving at Atlanta State Farm uh, Arena in rolling bins 2,000 at a time, and none of them were sealed and in numbered boxes. Jones believed to be highly suspicious that there were too many ballots coming in for a secure black ballot box. Another red flag raised by Jones was about temporary workers hired to scan and count ballots after an election worker witnessed a conversation during one of the temps revealed his intention to F-S-H up. Jones wrote that he needed to keep an eye on them. Perhaps this was a bad joke, but it was very uh, poor timing in the presence of a poll watcher. Those two workers had been assigned to a team confirming and boxing ballots that have already been scanned to prepare them for later audit. Jones wasn't simply concerned about those two workers, but was also concerned about the vetting process of the agency that hired them called Happy Faces. What is Happy Faces doing to vet the people who they're sending here to make sure that they're not sending in people who actually do want to FS up, Jones said. Happy Faces did not respond to Just the News request for comment before the report was published. So that's the, <laughs> that's the firm that he says, Senator says, they just renewed the contract with. And again, it, it, those are the things that make you think, does anyone in the end really care? 
Does do they and in the end do they really care or want to change anything? How do you renew that if these were the people they were sending over the last time, and you had all these problems? You think, yeah. well, well, you know, it, okay, a couple yeah. people want to f some stuff up, but uh, you know, whatever. And, and plus, look who's attached to it. That's a Stacey Abrams company. Hello, um, conflict of interest, maybe a little. Hello, anyone? Not they don't American want to fix politics it. anymore. They don't want to fix it until it affects them, which I think is why some of these guys, yeah, they're standing up now and saying, well, we got to hold some people accountable. You should have been doing this years ago because it's been going on longer than, than you're telling us. And, and we all know it. And Raffensperger and Sterling have the audacity to go on 60 Minutes, as I showed you not too long ago, and tell us that this election was perfect. Yeah. And that the president's call about votes and all of this was bordering on criminal. And that he was out of his mind to question anything that happened in Georgia because it was the most perfectly run, perfectly handled election uh, of all time. And, I want, and I'll show you Heather Mullen's video from today. Here in a second, but let's, uh, let's jump back in in Fulton County, but others around the state. Across so, the state. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, your, our frustration and, and disappointment has uh, been shared on a lot of different levels. Okay. Yeah, we ask and ask for a special session, and it just didn't happen. Then we ask our leadership, and, and I will tell you this, our leadership told us that they thought if we went into special session, it would hurt David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler and that they didn't want us to come. David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler did not want us to come into special session. Mm -hmm. Two hours later, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler asked for Brad Raffensperger to resign. So I don't think they would have asked him for, to resign if they didn't want to go into special session. I mean, I, I just common sense tells me they wouldn't have cared about a special session. Um, I will tell you this. All this could go away and not even worry about a lawsuit if Brad Raffensperger, who has the power to ask for Fulton County to do a forensic audit, Brad Raffensperger could ask for that immediately and get it done. Yeah. But well, he doesn't want to do it, and it's because there's something he's scared of. Because sure. it was perfectly out. run, Okay. according it, to him. Right, it what happens when him? we do the forensic audit and we find out that Collins um, beat Leffler, and what about Handel beat McBath? Is that a possibility? You know, I think your bigger possibility is actually Purdue not being in a runoff. Mm -hmm. um, in the in the in the Collins uh, Leffler Warnock race, which should should have never happened in the first place, but that's a that's a whole different story. But um, you know, uh, Doug came in third. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Purdue won the race in on November third. And he won it, but he didn't win it by, uh, you know, it was like 49.8%. He needed 50 plus one right. in order to keep prevent it from being a runoff. So uh, the probability of, of keeping Purdue out of a, if there, if there was significant mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, fraud there in Fulton County, the, there's a better chance that Purdue would have never been in a runoff. Okay. And unfortunately, we can't change that right now that the election has finished we can't we can't go back right well, we can fix it but we can't we're, go we're back. in uncharted waters we're in uncharted waters okay all right um let me answer what for can him. the legislator no. do to force a three a free a, let's say i'm trying to read that a true forensic audit if governor kemp won't 
um, a true Arizona style audit and canvas. So I think you've elaborated on a lot of this, but can you think of anything in addition that we can, that, that the lawmakers can do kind of, I think you made a, a good example of how ours is different than Arizona's, correct? Yes, ours is, and from day one, even the Democrats said, if you want to contest this, go through the courts. Right. And that's what we're doing. We're going okay. through a judge in Henry County who is going to make a ruling, and if he rules that we can get our hands on those ballots, just after what's happened on the scanned images, I know and what I've heard from, one of the things we heard in those, uh, when we couldn't get a special session, William Ligon had these hearings that uh, Senator Jones talked about, and we had expert witnesses come in, but that's who, that's not who I was impressed with. I was impressed with the Bridget Thorns, the Susie Boyles, right. the Susie Knox, the day-to-day -day workers that came in and said, hey, we've been doing this for 20 years. Mm -hmm. We've never seen this. Mm -hmm. Well, something's different here. And, and then when we saw the State Farm Arena video, and clearly everybody was sent home, and even if nothing went wrong during that, that time, they broke the law. You have to have a Republican observer, a Democrat observer, and a media observer. Yep. Everybody went home. And when we saw those suitcases being pulled out from underneath the, uh, the tables, and then you clearly saw them run the ballots through several times, the same ballots, and they'd get them back, and then they'd run them back through. Mm -hmm. And so I'm convinced that there was fraud and counterfeit ballots any, anywhere from, I've been working closely with Bob Cheely and so is Senator Jones. We think it's going to be minimum 17,000, probably to 34,000 ballots. All right, once again, if you're watching on Real they America's Voice, we're going to take our commercial break. If you're watching on live from Studio6B.com, we're going to stay with the uh, hearing here, which I believe only goes to about to 9 p.m. So one more, about 15 more minutes here. Uh, live from Studio 6B. We'll continue uh, covering it. You're on Real America's Voice. We're back right after this. All right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B. We've been covering the um, Women for America's First uh, Integrity Town Hall, and I think they're on there. Amy Kramer, who I think believe is the kind of the uh, CEO of this group or founder of this group, is asking a final question of the two senators here. Let's listen in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't disagree with that. Uh, the uh, the I agree uh, with you, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if there was ever if there was ever a, a sign uh, that that they weren't being completely honest with us, it was when Gabe Sterling the chief of staff or whatever his title is when he had when at his own home the person who had previously lived at his his re, his place of residence uh who had, ha had actually voted in the georgia election was a resident of, of maryland and uh and when <laughs> and when you have the person out there is preaching and uh, stumping the fact that there's no election fraud, no election fraud, and it happened right, <laughs> right, right up under his own nose. Uh, I mean, if you know, if that, uh, if that doesn't scream, like I said earlier, poetic justice, I don't know what does. But Did you heard that before. Um, <laughs> early heard on, that we were working with Rathersburg's office insane. trying to, because we just felt like, you know, um, we just felt like, you know. It, he was going to uh, be caught doing the right thing, and then it was obvious. Um, it was obvious within within a few weeks that when the stories changed and when different things information was coming out and they had to correct information, it was obvious we we were going nowhere, and that was what led to us doing the um, the committee hearings and things of that nature. 
really trying to trying to get trying to get the uh, the truth out to for the public to help out and and push the agenda then okay uh, i have a question yes uh, why didn't the speaker of the house um uh, uh, for the two-thirds of the vote in the general assembly uh work against what happened in your election um well the republicans don't control two-thirds of the uh they of the chamber they did not call for it. You're right. And then we just pass a bill to protect children in the state of Georgia. This is my point about the boys be playing in girls' sports and girls and boys because I think that passed. It did, did, it did not pass. It was introduced and it should pass. Oh, I, I would. Yeah, the bill is alive and well. In fact, the senator from uh, Cartersville introduced it, Bruce Thompson. I, I think I think we co-sponsored it. I know I've co-sponsored it, uh, but yeah, I mean that's uh, why why it didn't did it get out of the Senate? I can't remember voting on it in the Senate. Yeah, it it didn't get all the way through, which I never understood why it didn't. But it's still alive for this upcoming session. Georgia is the only state that has it in all 159 counties. Or the Indian voting machines counties. they're talking about. Uh -huh. It's terrible. Yeah. That's Senator, who made the decision to put the amendment in all 159 counties? 159 counties? Uh, your Secretary of State did. Uh, and, um, and that's a, you know, for, for decades now, we've had, used to be your local election officials and election supervisors handled county by county elections. Uh, we've really had a, a, a power grab uh, that has happened over the last several decades with consolidating all the authority and all the power into the Secretary of State's office and which I, I really see that as problematic personally. Uh, I know before they selected the Dominion uh, machines as the vendor of choice, there are a lot of election supervisors, at least in the parts where I live, uh, in middle and south Georgia, uh, that did not did not like the system and, and really thought there was a better option. Uh, but a couple of things. Number one, we elected Brad All right, Jim, this is, um, I think we're pretty much at the end here. I think they're only going until 9 o'clock, and now people are just kind of yelling stuff from the audience. So that, that whole final th two, three minutes kind of highlights the point I was starting to make is that People are asking why bills that you would think would be no-brainers in a place like Georgia are not passing. Well, it's the same reason you don't have a special session. It's the same reason you don't have a, um, a, a, a two-thirds of the House to vote like Pennsylvania has to do an audit without the governor. Because certainly Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania is not going to vote. For, uh, it's not going to sign off on it. But in, so I don't know what's going on in Georgia, but the Republicans se seem weak. Yeah, extremely weak. And the fact that they bring up that and that's something, again, I hadn't heard. I had not heard either that the prior resident at Gabe Sterling's home where he lives now, the person who used to live there now lives in Maryland, has shown was shown to have voted in the past election from his Sterling's address. address. <laughs> that is insane. That's the same guy who was out there going, no, it's the safest, you know, he was on 60 Minutes, like you said, most integrity uh, election ever in, in the history of mankind that will ever be. All right, so, uh, so let's say, uh, yeah, that was, that was yeah. Gabe, Gabe Sterling's tweet there.
This is his tweet. Look at this. So let's put the perfect bow on this because it's about two minutes and we've got about four minutes left here. Let, let's play Heather Mullen's video from today just to put a final bow on this first hour in this, in this Georgia runoff. So this is Heather Mullen's today down in Fulton County. Roll that, G. All right, so what we're looking at here are, um, are two different batches of votes. Scanner 5162, batch 234, image 59, and scanner 5162, batch 235, image 19. And what you can see is that, like on this vote right here, we've got this exact same little tail that shows on both of them. And if you don't, and if you think that maybe that's, you know, if you think that maybe that's just a, you know, a mistake or, 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 you know, or just a coincidence, here's the next one that shows, you can see Republican is written there, Republican's written there. This is um, ballot 61. This is ballot number two. And then each one of them even has this little dot in the Fannie Willis. Okay. And do you have more of those? We have the entire batch. I've got, there's 62 images in here total, and I didn't even get a chance to go through all of them. But these are the most obvious ones where it's clear that it's it's the same. So you have double ballots. Clear double ballots. On the side. Different machines, different. Different batch numbers. Different, different batch numbers. Everything. Everything different, but yet and exactly so the happened, same. So do you know the numbers of these total batches? Like... I don't remember what the to- what the totals were when the batches. I-, I don't think they were they weren't disparate. They were fairly close, but the the simple fact that they so occurred. So you see that little bubble right there. This is a one image. Here's another image. Exactly see, the same. exact same. And the batch number was it five one six two? So scanner fifty one sixty two. Okay, scanner. Batch, batch number two thirty five. Image number ninety two. Matches. Uh, the same scanner, 5162, batch 234, image 33. So there you have it. Duplicate ballots. The entire batch is scanned several times. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But really, it was, uh, There's you know. nothing to see here, guys. Right. What did we hear from the, uh, the, uh. Internet authority of the government saying, uh, oh, this was the most uh, secure election ever. They released a a letter. Put up that tweet again, G, from Gabriel Sterling, now that we've watched that. Let me say again, there were no multiple scam ballots. (laughs) There was a hand tally that proved that statewide, and I've been a Republican likely longer than you've been alive. Okay. And the guy who used to live in my house <laughs> also voted in Georgia and now lives in Maryland. But right. no, it was the perfect election in Georgia. Perfect election. Just amazing. That's amazing. why today's press release by, as, as I told you, uh, let me get his name correct here, Garland Favorito, Favorito, new evidence reveals Georgia audit fraud and massive errors. And um, we have time before the end of the show. I've got more to do. I want to get to Joe Biden today. We have news to get to as well. But um, if I can get to this email, we'll go through some of the other things that are in here, which are just, I mean, Gabriel Sterling, I hope, read this today. Pull that tweet down. I think he just uh, deleted his entire account.
All right, live from Studio 6B, Hour 2. I want to go right back to Georgia. I'm throwing G and Fran a curveball here because our own Heather Mullins is speaking right now about the video I just showed you. So let's go back to her, G. Then, uh, and a DNC committee woman, they both confirmed Eric Thompson, Eric Thompson was one of the people scanning in ballots and handling the ballots in here uh, in Floyd County. The hand recount, right? found thousands of votes, mostly for Trump, that weren't counted. Well, Eric Thompson was also Kamala Harris's campaign photographer in the presidential primary, and somehow, in less than a year, went from working for Kamala Harris to getting a job adjudicating ballots in Floyd County for Dominion in a county that came up thousands of votes short for Trump. Never once was this man brought before our legislature in question. Never once did Raffensperger say, hey, what happened? He disappeared like it never happened. And if a judge has to recuse himself because a lawyer worked for his firm within five years, but this man can run and work an election for a candidate he worked for less than a year ago, how is that not a conflict of interest? Hey, not G, only that, speaking, but this man went on record calling President Trump a white supremacist. I mean, this is all documented that we have evidence of. So I would love if Eric Thompson somehow could be subpoenaed by our legislature here in Georgia or something of that nature. But you know, we're going to keep moving in the right direction. But all I can say is, I'm going to wrap up now, is just keep following us, support real news, and help get our word out there, because there's a lot more that I have to break in the coming weeks. All right, that's our own Heather Mullins there. I was trying to, was hoping she was go a little longer. We could show her video, but... Uh, okay, we're going to wrap it up. Okay, very good. All right, thanks, guys. I knew I threw a bunch of curveballs there. But uh, Heather was great, and yeah. we had just played her video of the duplicate ballots, and we had just put up his tweet, Gabriel Sterling's, that was, that there was no such thing as duplicate ballots. Well, okay, okay, now what? <laughs> now what? And, and yes. then she left us with a little uh, with a little teaser that she's got other stuff that's going to be breaking. So she's got more that's going to be coming out soon. Yeah, well, you don't know what the, all that evidence on those duplicate ballots, it'll just be your conspiracy theorist. They're going to just tell you that they'll gaslight you to death and tell you that there's nothing to see here. Well, they'll tell you, they'll watch that and they'll go, well, the guy said there was only 62 sheets. So, we, you know, <laughs> right. 62. That's 62. It's, yeah, yeah, come on. Come the on. number here is like 12,000. The, um, <laughs> the overall tally, I believe, was around uh, just under 12,000, I believe, in Georgia. So, uh, But while we're still on it, then let me just give you a little bit of this from um, voter uh, Georgia. Garland Favorito, petitioners in a lawsuit organized by voter GA to inspect Fulton County ballots have added stunning claims in their amended complaint and provided new evidence from public records that show Fulton County's hand count audit of the November 3rd, 2020 election was riddled with massive errors and provable fraud. Most new allegations and evidence are based on a voter GA data team's analysis of Fulton's November 2020 mail-in ballot images made public after petitioners won a court order on April 13th. Voter GA lobbying efforts led the Georgia General Assembly to make all images public under open records requests beginning March 25th. The team's analysis revealed... Now, here, here's where we get into some of the numbers, so just, just listen up here. 923 out of 1,500 mail-in ballot batch files contained votes incorrectly reported in Fulton's official November 3, 2020 results. These inaccuracies are due to discrepancies in votes for Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and total votes cast compared to their reported audit totals for respective batches. Thus, the error reporting rate 
in Fulton County's hand count audit is a whopping 60%. One type of error discovered involved duplicate results reporting for batches of ballots. The team found at least 36 batches of mail-in ballots with 4,255 total extra votes were redundantly added into Fulton County's audit results for the November election. These illicit votes include 3,390 extra votes for Joe Biden, 865 extra votes for Donald Trump, and 43 extra votes for Joe Jorgensen. But it's not simply a case of errors. The voter GA team found seven falsified audit tally sheets containing fabricated vote totals for their respective batches. And I saw one of these today. Yeah, me too. On Twitter, it's an orange sheet, and it goes down the names, and it's 100% next to Joe Biden's name. Nothing next to Trump or Joe Jorgensen. Nothing. Everybody else got zero. Zero. 100% worse for Joe Biden. Uh, For example, a batch containing 59 actual ballot images for Joe Biden, 42 for Donald Trump, and zero for Joe Jorgensen, was reported as a hundred for Biden, zero for Trump. That's the one I saw. The seven batches of ballot images with 554 votes for Joe Biden, 140 votes for Donald Trump, and 11 for Joe Jorgensen had tally sheets in the audit to show 850 votes for Biden, zero for Trump, zero votes for Jorgensen. Uh, That Jorgensen guy got ripped off. Fulton County failed to include over 100,000 tally sheets, including more than 50,000 for mail-in ballots when the results were originally published for the full hand count audit conducted by the office of the Secretary of State for the November 3rd, 2020 election. Those tally sheets remain missing until late February. I'm sorry, but who the hell is Joe Jorgensen? I didn't even know the guy ran. Yeah. He's, I think the green candidate. It's a she. Yeah. She. It's a yes. she, by the way. That's a she? Yeah, Joanne uh, Jorgensen. Joanne oh. Jorgensen. We so, call it we call it Joe for short, those right. of us so, who know her. Sorry about that, Joanne. <laughs> she thought people would confuse it for Joe Biden and vote for her. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I changed my name, too. Uh, Joanna, I call myself or something. Uh, well, yeah, so I saw one of them. 100% Joe Biden. None for Jorgensen. No, no, no. <laughs> nothing, nothing for poor Joe. <laughs> we, got, we got poor Joe because poor Joe yeah. got ripped off. So man, uh, it's just a mess. It's not even funny. We're last. It's just not funny, but it's just Well, a you disaster. have to laugh at this point because now it's becoming so obvious. And anybody who says otherwise, you know, is either, either an idiot, which they'll probably won't admit, or they're lying to you, which they're not going to admit. So which is it? Do, which which batch do you want to be included in, Democrat? Do you want to be the idiot pile or the lying pile? Pick one. And here's Joe Biden today, you know, running down to Pennsylvania in in a in a hurry to try to run cover for everything that's going on. And now, of course, Pennsylvania is just going to start their audit. I'm sure that'll come back just perfectly <laughs> clean. Yeah. I'm sure that's going to come back with no problem. So Joe Biden's there to run cover. Is and he gives his he, the FBI is here to help. He gives <laughs> he gives this incoherent speech today. He makes no arguments. He just uses every cliche in the book he can. And of course, he he's uh, race baiting the whole time, uh, pitching black against white, white against black, class against class, American against American. It's just it's so disgusting. And of course, the the um, the answer is always more government. More government. And then he has the audacity to, to make this ridiculous comment. I actually have the clip. 
Let's just play him so he can you can hear him in his own stupid words. Twenty two G. This is just outrageous. Some of the sound sound bites here that he that he talks about. Roll that. In two thousand and twenty, more people voted in America than ever, ever in the history of America, in the middle of a once in a century pandemic. Just hold it for a second. I'll remind you that that is true, but um, remember something. Votes that were counted and votes that were accepted through methods uh, this year would not have been accepted as real votes even six months prior to this election. Now, you talk about the duplicate ones or the mail-in or the box, oh, never mind, or the boxes that were just filled or left alone. How about the ones in L.A. that were left alone? Well, all of that. But I'm saying even things that these state legislatures, the, 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 all of these things, the rules that got changed, accepted things that would have yeah, never no, been no. accepted even six months prior to the election. So go ahead. More than 150 Americans of every age, of every How race, many? of every background, <laughs> exercise their right to vote. He's so humble. They voted early. He's so Everyone voted PS 111. They voted in person. They voted by mail. They voted by Dropbox. And then they got their families and friends to go out and vote. Election officials, the entire electoral system, withstood unrelenting political attacks, physical threats, intimidation and pressure. They did so with unyielding courage and faith in our democracy. With recount after recount after recount, court case after court case, the 2020 election was the most scrutinized election ever in American history. Challenge after challenge brought to local, state, and election officials, state legislatures, state and federal courts, even to the United States Supreme Court, not once, but twice. More than 80 judges, including those appointed by my predecessor, heard the arguments. In every case, neither cause nor evidence was found to undermine the national achievement of administering the historic election in the face of such extraordinary challenges. Well, we know that's true. None of Audits, them even got to the facts. Recounts were conducted. In Arizona, Wisconsin, in Georgia, it was recounted three times. It's clear for those who challenge the results and question the integrity of the, the election, no other election has ever been held under such scrutiny and such high standards. Tuh. The big lie is just that, a big lie. And you're the one telling it. his little audience of clapping seals. Well, you know, that's the thing, right? <laughs> Hold it, G. You know, that's the point, right? He, here he is. All of a sudden, he's run down to Pennsylvania. They throw this big crowd in front of him. That, that's, it's, just, it's just strange out of nowhere, right? Yeah. The day that Pennsylvania announces they're doing this. All of a sudden, he's rushed down there. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't given any kind of a long, full speech like this on, on this at all. No, he they hasn't barely talked to about talk it. about it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just the whole thing is strange today that he's run down to Pennsylvania to give this speech. They got this big crowd in front of him. Like you said, a bunch of clapping drone seals there. No matter what he says, they're going, oh, yeah, draw a big line. It's just, it just seems to just. You mean, uh, when you say strange, you mean theatrical? 
Well, yeah, kind of. It just seems out of desperate. It seems a little it's, desperate it's to all, me. It's theater, man. Yeah. It's just. Go ahead. That's what happens when you're over the target. 2020 election. It's not hyperbole. Suggests the most examined and the fullest expression. Whenever he says, you know, it's not hyperbole. You know, it is that. Of this yeah. nation. This should be celebrated. An example of America at its best. Oh. Instead, we continue to see an example of human nature at its worst. Something darker and more sinister. Yeah, we've never seen elections challenged America, before. Yeah, right. Every yeah. Democrat is challenged. If you lose, every, well. you accept the results. <laughs> you follow the Constitution. Yeah. Where's Hillary? You try again. You don't call facts fake and then try to bring down the American experiment just because you're unhappy. That's not statesmanship. Meanwhile, that's not statesmanship. That's selfishness. That's not democracy. It's a denial of the right to vote. It suppresses. What? It subjugates. The denial of full and free and fair elections is the most un-American thing that any of us can imagine. The most undemocratic, the most unpatriotic, and sadly, not unprecedented. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's gaslighting. He's, is he's just, just a gaslight. He's just bordering on illiterate. I mean, it's just that the, the whole speech was like illiterate. It's just a, there's no arguments. Just, just like I said, I, the whole time I said, "What the hell is this? What is he talking about?" They, every election the Democrats lost, they've challenged forever. Everyone. Right, 17 past the hour live from studio 6b on a tuesday night glad you're in audience um pretty happy that we showed the georgia uh, georgia integrity of voter uh, town hall there a lot of good feedback from the audience on that glad that they got to see it and i'm glad i got to bring it to you didn't you get a scolding pile of hate the last time we cut away from it yeah so? well you're never gonna make everybody <laughs> happy if i play it they don't want to see it if i don't play it they want to see it so but uh, whatever that's um well we this love... was particularly uh particularly interesting though because well this was way yeah the, this uh... was way better than the first yeah. one way better much more informative or yeah. maybe we just got it at the right time last time i think we missed kind of all the speakers so um all right so we'll do some more news we'll do some crazy towns today i've got some more cuts of biden today uh speaking on uh cuba and haiti i'll tell you i've got a great clip that rick i'll get rick delgado all the credit because i had not seen this of a former president that, well, I'm going to deem that he predicted the future at one point. And uh, we'll get to that. You'll be interested to see that. I mean, it's just really, because we've been questioning this for a long time, what's really going on here in this administration. So uh, we may, we had our answer the whole time. It was right in front of us. We just never saw it. So, uh, but right now it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show on a Tuesday night. And that of course is Rick Delgado with what even is that? 
All right, Dame. Well, I guess uh, we go from one uh, from one wacky experience to the other. We go from the election stuff, which is a little crazy, to now the other side of the thing uh, that's just equally as crazy. Because over the past few weeks, I think you'd agree, we'd seen a real uptick when it comes to another type of propaganda, vaccine propaganda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might remember this, this old uh, jabs for joints promotion that happened back on 420. And of course, in the last week, it's getting even hotter and heavier with everyone from your favorite angel of death, Dr. Mengele, I mean, Dr. Fauci, uh, to, to the cackling hyena Kamala Harris herself. Oh, God, she's He's a pip. So maybe it's a surprise or maybe it isn't that the latest vaccine propaganda is coming from the corporate side of the world, this part of the spectrum, and it's coming from Dutch beer maker Heineken. And now this has people thinking, well, does that mean we should boycott Heineken? Oh, maybe. Yes. The company that gave us grab a Heine is now totally on board with big government and big farmer <laughs> and wants you to still grab a Heine, but only if it's vaccinated. OK, grabbing a vaccinated Heine. Yeah, that doesn't seem to work for me. No. Uh, but but don't tell them that because they've gone all in and released this gem last week. Check out this piece of propaganda. I'm uh, sorry about that commercial that they just put out. <laughs> Look at this. Yeah, it looks great, right? Starts off, the night is young, getting into the mood. But you'll still see for yourself that none of the people in this commercial are young at all. Yeah, check it. It's the DJ spinning in some hot tracks. And, of course, because of the incontinence problems that usually occurs with being over 70, there's a lot of action in the crapper. Hey, what's up, Ma? How are you? Oh, but look, the fun doesn't stop there. It's Danny Glover taking over the floor, and he's shaking it like, well, maybe he's not getting too old for this S. And hey, was that Doc Emmett Brown over there? Yeah. And nothing says sexy like Babs and a Sharpie on old man River's sunken chest (laughs) as she writes down who to contact just in case she's fallen and can't get up. If anything, this commercial looks more like a casting call for Cocoon 2 Electric Bugaloo. (laughs) Yes. And as the commercial ends with a slow motion race to the ocean, well, to cover up the leaks to their adult diapers, (laughs) we are now indoctrinated with this phrase. The night belongs to the vaccinated. Seriously. (laughs) What even is this? I mean, the only thing missing from this state-approved corporate nonsense is showing their AARP card at the door to get the early bird VIP treatment. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not... And I'm not even sure if this is an ad that's positive for Heineken because, well, nothing sells more beer than being old. (laughs) Yeah. I, I guess it's a great idea idea behind the cat campaign is supposed to target those who mix in uh, Metamucil with their hops. I don't know. And how do we know this is and how do we know this isn't a scene out of Heaven's Waiting Area because, well, let's face it, maybe Grammy and Pop Pop are getting ready to ride the chairlift to the sky after having violent reactions to this experimental cocktail of chemicals shot directly into their veins. But at the least, they're allowed to get freaky one last time before they, you know, make that walk into the light. <laughs> Look, I am not an anti-vaxxer, but I am a realist. And I consider myself someone who has some serious questions about all this and believes that the science in this case thus far shows that when it comes to this Kung flu, the human body seems to do a much better job at doing what it's supposed to do. Fight off viruses and infections and heal itself better than any man-made chemical concoction. 
How else do you explain the population of the planet growing by another 80 million people last year? All in all, all I'm saying is do your best. Do your research. Pick what's best for you. Whatever you do, and, and don't fall for the gimmicks. You know, the free French fries and donuts or, or having some beverage company using the Golden Girls to promise you you're going to survive the purge <laughs> if you get vaccinated. I guess the only thing now is to wait for the next ad campaign. I just wonder who they're going to target. Yeah. Hmm. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There you have it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, that was great. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Thank you. I'm sorry. And, and, if you are, and if you are a little older, I'm not picking on you. I'll just have a little fun. Yeah. Can we go back to that commercial for a second in there? Because I thought I saw Hillary Clinton sitting at the bar or somewhere close to it. <laughs> you well, you might think... have. Yeah, uh-huh. that was her. That was right was there. It? I thought that was her. Was I, she I, in a pantsuit? I thought it was. I thought that was Clinton right there, but no, it wasn't. Okay. And if you back up just a little, you see uh, you see Doc Emmett Brown right there. They they wheel out all the old people. It's great. A lot of fun. Danny Glover. And that's a real. Gonna... That's obviously that's a real. That's a real commercial. Yeah. It, it, it came out last week, and they've been they've been savaged on Twitter ever since for it. What I I just saw. Oh, I know what I saw. The ESPYS. They're totally in the tank. The oh, ratings of the ESPYs are in the tank since Caitlyn Jenner's uh, deal. Um, I saw some, the BBC, 3 million less subscribers to the BBC, so much that they may go out of business. Really? Oh, I shared goodness. that article on uh, our Twitter, at LFS6B on Twitter. I mean, the go, get woke, go broke continues to show itself to be the best bet in town. If they're getting woke, bet on them to go broke. Yeah. It's almost a lock. It's almost like they're not paying attention to their, their audience because they're not. They're getting their marching orders from, from the government. You know, the slow cook propaganda is in everything. Like, we, we're watching a thing on, uh, I don't know, whatever it's called, Disney, uh, chat, whatever it is on, uh, you know, on, on demand. And um, it's called Loki, right? It's part of the Marvel Universe. Right. And the whole thing is just a slow cook infomercial on global climate change because they're traveling through time and we got to find the apocalypse of uh, great apocalypses of the world and it's all climate related and they just keep on trickling it into you. And some people just don't can't see it. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. So it's up to us when you do watch some mindless guilty pleasures. You just got to point out the BS within it because otherwise the kids don't really get it. Yeah. Yeah, this was from some outfit called express.co.uk. So obviously some UK newspaper. BBC facing major crisis and could vanish after huge drop in license fee payers. The BBC is hemorrhaging support and could soon reach vanishing point. Um, His comments come after the BBC published its annual report yesterday showing one million households deserted it over the last two years figures reveal the corporation lost 300,000 license fee payers in 19 and 20 and 700,000 in 2020 2021 bbc bosses blamed changing audience habits and restrictions on its ability to enforce payments for licenses due to the pandemic i say baloney on that <laughs> get woke go broke and that's exactly what's happening. Uh, all right, a couple other things we'll do. We'll get back with a little news. 
Crazy Town. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Glad you're in. Studio 60, 30 minutes past the hour. Glad you're in on a Tuesday night. We spent the first hour covering the Women for America's um, Voter Integrity Town Hall down in Georgia with our own John Fredericks and Heather Mullins. And that was fantastic. A lot of good information. And the two senators there are, are good. Are good. But man, it just sounds like the Georgia, it sounds like the Georgia Republicans overall are just weak. Cowardly. Just weak. Everyone's so afraid to rock the boat, lose that gushy position. It, it's pathetic. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna go with you on that one, Paul. It's just, hey man, everything's good, and then then all of a sudden everything's not good, and they're like, well, I guess we got to do something about it. It's he like, said, dude, you got you got to pick up the pace here, and you guys should have been on it years ago. I mean, he said to get a special session, they only needed 29. They got less than 10. It's the perfect example. Nobody wants to rock the boat or, right. or, or fall off their own gravy train. Everyone's getting rich. Yeah. Term limits. Stop maybe, this. To maybe stop the, the nepotism inside. Maybe they're, maybe they're thinking, well, they won't come for me. I'm in this small county over here. They don't care. Uh, no, they are coming for you. They're coming for all of you. Yeah. And they're reading your text messages now, too. Right, yeah. They're pleading, with the self, they're pleading with the cell phone providers to... Um, What's the difference between what Joe Biden and his... This is what's laughable, that he says today, if I can find the quote, he says, I've said it before, we're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. Oh, that's not hyperbole. What? Of course that's hyperbole. Look in the mirror, pal. You and your administration's a bigger threat than what we're talking about here in Georgia. You, uh, look at what they want to do. This is the biggest threat since the Civil War. Yes, he's right. To the Democrats. Remember, the Democrats populated the South, and they didn't want things to change. So, yes, it's a big threat to them. They like, like to be in control, and they don't want things to change. His party's a bigger threat. The media is a bigger threat. He's a bigger threat. His executive orders every single day, like we're living in a monarchy, is the biggest threat. They want to pack the Supreme Court. No problem. I guess that's not a problem. No, no. How about going back to his previous administration? Spying on journalists, spying on congressmen. Well, that's not a. Th- what is he talking about? Yeah, you can go IRS through all- agents that you know combing through conservatives, you know, paperwork and, and, and books. The uh, the uh, the presidential nominee for the opposing party spied on. Everything we've seen, some of the great. Huge Supreme Court, this the Plessy decision. Oh, you could go through all these decisions of these things that were. This is this is the biggest threat since the Civil War. His party and their and their um, and what they're trying to do is the bigger threat. Critical race theory. How about? I mean, what is he? What is this guy? This is what I said. I said this every day. Oh, I mean, I said this all day today. Listening to the speech. I have no idea. And as soon as he says it's not hyperbole, you know it's hyperbole. Yeah. As soon as he says, I'm serious, man, it's unserious. Whatever he's saying is just a joke. Just one absurd cliche after another. That's all the whole day was. 
And the answer, of course, is always just more government. More government. Yep. yep. More of a threat. Than... <laughs> Speaking of more, more than 100 Cubans have been reported detained or missing in crackdown by communist regime. Spain has also demanded the release of a reporter who was detained by the Cuban government. The communist uh, Cuban regime has reportedly detained more than 100 Cubans who protested against the government on Sunday and Monday. News of the detentions comes as a Spanish foreign minister, Jose Manuel Alberes, demanded on Tuesday that Cuba release Camila Acosta, a Spanish journalist who was jailed while covering the anti-government protests. And this is all according to the Washington Times. So, I mean, you know, what did we say last night, Rick, that... They're going to just start picking people off one by one, and it's going to shut everybody up instantly. Yeah, because they they don't want to be next. They're not yep. going to they're, they're not going to sit there and be like, "Well, we know you're the instigator." They're just going to pull people. Oh, you live in that community? We think you you were part of the group. Maybe you were part of the group. Maybe you were walking by the group. We got you. Guess what? You're going to be made an example of. Whether you, you whether you protested or not doesn't matter because protesting is forbidden in Cuba. Unlike some of the Democrat idiots that populate our government think, oh, they were protesting, uh, you know, they were exercising their right to protest. They don't have rights. Yeah, peacefully assembled, uh, whatever her name was there, I told you yesterday. Yeah. yeah uh, peacefully assemble, okay. How about, how about peacefully disappear? That's what, they, that's what usually happens. Yeah. yeah. And that's, by the way, that's happening now. And uh, you, have, you have China-like state-run media uh, getting, uh, internet getting shut down. My point before being sometimes if you look at what's going, what is the difference when, when you have, I don't know, it's just not worth getting into. Biden remarks on Cuba and Haiti today, by the way, uh, 23 G. Let's hear what he said. His, their, the administration's response to Cuba so far, in my estimation, has been, well, uh, pathetic. Uh, let's hear what he had to say today. Folks, I want to start by recognizing the remarkable protesting taking place in Cuba. Cuban people demanding their freedom from an authoritarian regime. And I don't think we've seen anything like this protest uh, in a long, long time, quite frankly, ever. Um, the United States stands firmly with the people of Cuba as they assert their universal rights. And That's good. We call on the government, government of Cuba, to refrain from violence or attempts to silence the voice of the people of Cuba. We're also closely following the developments in Haiti in the wake of the horrific assassination of the president that recently took place. The people of Haiti deserve peace and security, and Haiti's political leaders need to come together for the good of their country. Over the weekend, I dispatched a a high-level expert delegation to assess the situation and to determine where the United States can offer our support. And finally, as a close neighbor and friend of the people of both Cuba and Haiti, the United States stands ready to continue to provide assistance. And I'll have more for you as we move on. Boy, once again, (laughs) just once again, the way that his buddies like Obama and the Clintons and Soros, the way they ravaged the poor people of Haiti, he has some nerve comment about Haiti. I mean, he is despised in Haiti as are the Clintons, as are the Obamas, as are the Soroses, and all these elite who utterly robbed every dollar of aid for the most part that went in there. It's just disgusting. He has no right commented on Haiti. Um, the first part there, the first eight <clears throat> words I was a little hopeful for because that's what, as I said yesterday, you know, 
these when you have dissent in these places, most of the time you people the death of dissent is what usually you're looking at. People are afraid to ever step up or step out of line in these places. And it really determines now whether this is successful or continues or it just slides away um, is going to be on the international community and we're going to have to lead the way. And he's going to have to be a lot stronger than that uh, in condemning what's going on there. And, and, and the, of course, it's hard when, you know, you, your past administration, you went down there to take in the baseball game and everything was good and Joy Behar was with you and, you know, everything was... Ben Rhodes had this great plan that it was going to, you know, reshape the whole relationship, open it back up and all that. So it's hard to take you seriously now. Yeah, and he, does, he doesn't really come out that hard against his comrades there, does he? He's, no. Oh, you know, we stand with the people. If you really stood with the people, you'd be, uh, you know what, let's send over a couple ships, uh, keep them in the area in case they need some help, uh, in case we see the, this thing, you know, spiraling out of control and we see the death uh, and destruction of all these innocent people who just want freedom. How about that? Yeah, too bad our Navy has been completely ravaged to the point where our Navy can't even operate their own ships. They're losing, we're losing ships to Iran, surrendering ships to Iran because, you know, they, all they're working on is critical race theory in their, in their training, and they don't work on protecting their equipment and, 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 and their skills. So it's a disaster. The Navy is a complete disaster. Um, By the way, to that point. I had it the other night and never got to it. Uh, I think it's on our social media, but the Wall Street Journal had a big article just about that. Our readiness, uh, our readiness for war. And let me give you a little spoiler alert. It's not good, according to the Wall Street Journal's, uh, this opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. They had, uh, they, and that that was the article where they had at least 10 former admirals who, on the on the name of anonymity, they said something effective like "We are nowhere close," but they were afraid to speak out because it was. There's been a lot of stories along those lines, and it's 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 really frightening that the higher ups are saying all they're teaching is critical race theory inside of uh, you know inside the navy. And I I can't remember the the lieutenant black woman said, you know we're all Americans here. If we're not ready to fight when the time comes, we all bleed red. And we all care about the red, white, and blue. So all this critical race theory is only hurting everybody in our, in our brigade. This was written by Kate uh, Odell on July 12th. If war comes, will the U.S. Navy be prepared? A new report details a culture of bureaucracy and risk aversion that is corroding our readiness. Is the U.S. Navy ready for war? And this report was prepared by Marine Lieutenant General Robert Schmidl, Rear Admiral Mark Montgomery, both retired, and they and they put it together for members of Congress. And it points and it paints a port a portrait of the Navy as an institution that is adrift. So I don't have time to get into it now. It's a very extensive, well written piece. And it should be an eye opener. As Paul said, to what's going on, some of these things we're hearing about critical race, the, what, the, what the importance is. And you look at what China's doing, and they're, as always, on the move. Um, if I haven't linked to it, I'll link it again on all our social media, by the way, at LFS6B on Twitter, Facebook.com slash LFS6B. At LFS6B, by the way, I keep forgetting to re- uh, say on Getter. On the new Getter by Jason Miller and the team, we're on there as well. And Verified, by the way, on there. So it is LFS6B. Make sure you go to the Verified page. 
Uh, I'll link this article. You should read it. Because just as Paul says, it doesn't paint a great picture of the U.S. Navy right now. So, all right, what else is going on in the news? Well, Texas uh, Democrats brush off governor's arrest threat, saying we've done nothing wrong. No, we won't be arrested, said Retta Bowers. We were we are here serving our constituents. Uh, the Texas Democratic state representatives doubt they'll be arrested upon their return to Texas after flying to D.C. and protest in protest of the GOP voting legislation. Well, they should be. They should all be in orange jumpsuits. And if Greg Abbott has any guts, that's exactly what he'll do if he has the, the tools to do it. Because that's the thing, right? The Democrats use every tool, no matter how low well, in the tool shed they have to go to get it. Yeah, every quiver. You know, mean like a they'll use every single thing they can. And Greg Abbott should do the same. And if that's one of them, that's exactly what he should do. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's unbelievable. I, you know, I just, you know, I, I, I keep watching the same old stuff, then nothing happens. And it's just beyond Paul, frustrating. Paul, you're not the only one. We're all, we're all watching the same movie and thinking the same thing. Like, what is it going to take for someone to actually face justice? I mean, we see it. The Hunter Biden laptop keeps, they keep dripping out more of that stuff that keeps coming out. They're coordinating the Secret Service uh, uh, schedules and calendar with everything that he's done on his emails, and it matches up. So obviously, there have been things there that should be addressed, and nobody's being held to account. Yep. The corruption is so deep to its core. The CIA has been so corrupt and mischievous, and the judges, and the, just, it just goes so deep. from Studio 6B. A couple things I want to get to before we wrap it up for a Tuesday night. Speaking of those Texas House Dems, this, this is great. Let's go, uh, let's go 26, G. Uh, just check your, uh, check your intelligence at the door before we play some of these clips. So these Texas House Democrats get on a plane. By the way, this is no threat to democracy, I guess. No, no, everybody's okay with this. There's no threat to democracy. Just, let's get on a plane and leave the state. So that the state can't opt. No, that's fine. No, it's fine. Joe Biden today. Oh, the biggest threat is uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania, looking into an election that we do all the time. So they get to um, they get to D.C. Cut twenty six. Here's uh, one of them, um, Senator Democrat Congresswoman Thompson. Let's hear from her. Roll it. <laughs> and I'm up here because I don't plan to be a sitting mm. person in that legislature. A birthing woman. I'm not going to be a sitting. You ain't no sitting duck. I'm not. A, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to be a hostage. Birthing person. Oh, hostage. That's what you meant. Birth- going to be a hostage. <laughs> she. They got on a plane. <laughs> flew from Texas to D.C. It's not going to be a hostage. So okay. Uh, let's hear one more. Twenty-seven. This is uh, Congressman Martinez Fisher. 
on why they, well, this is not the, this must not be the climate change Dems from Texas because they took a private jet. (laughs) They took, they chartered a private jet to get their dumb asses out of Texas and over to D.C. So he was asked why they took that. And they brought a case of uh, Miller Lite. I saw the picture online of that as well. Why they took the private jet. Let's hear this. Roll that. Is there a reason why you all flew together on charter planes instead of flying commercially? Uh, absolutely. Number one, you know, when you make when you break a quorum, you want to be successful. So I think everybody wants to see, make. you know, 51, 52, 55 Democrats on the same plane. That's reassuring. Number two, mm. uh, you know, to, to get a, a flight out of town uh, at a time certain with, you know, getting everybody to come in from across the state, you need to fly privately. And as you can see from the picture, we're, we're talking about using the same kind of plane that the public uses every day. There's, there's no... There's no fancy couches or, or anything like what that. Else? There's not a any of plane yeah. that moved us from one state to another. So you'll be gone for a month. Sounds yeah. like if that's what it takes. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. That's a that's, that's that airline's the only airline I've seen recently that has no mask. Did you notice that? Yeah, got to see their pearly whites. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Good stuff. So, yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, and how now, did they get through the airport? I wonder. I guess. Oh, yeah, that's right. They needed ID, <laughs> right? They had uh, they had yeah. to have ID. Yeah. Now. Um, Someone who may be very concerned with that picture, and I'm sure he'll come out and tell us. Cut 28, G. That would be one, Dr. Quack Quack. He would be very concerned with that picture. And I'm sure he will get all of them in a room while they're in D.C. to talk to them. Because here he is on his feelings on, well, three-year-olds and whether they should be wearing masks. Cut 28, roll that. The children who are not able to get vaccinated because of their age should follow, their parents should follow with them, the guidelines of the CDC that unvaccinated children of a certain age greater than two years old should be wearing masks. Oh, they should. No doubt about that. That's the oh, way to protect them from that. getting infected. You sick bastard. Do- oh, you, How about you that? child abusing animal. Oh, my. Think of, it's terrible for a little child to not fill his his body and his ways with with oxygen for guns. I can't even. It's terrible for any human being not to fill their their lungs with oxygen. What time in history did we encourage people to not breathe other than now? He is he really is sick. I don't know what's happening. I mean, how many times when things were bad, people said just breathe. Yeah, take a breath, take a couple breaths. We have been on this guy for as long as we've been playing that sound effect. I know it sounds like a broken record. But he, it's it's worse. He's worse now, or he's more. I don't know what is going on, but he that Crazy. is insane. He is insane. He is not following the science. He is not portraying the numbers. And thankfully, you see at least a few glimmers of hope of people who have some sense. Not only that, in like his this, own in his own emails, he admitted the masks don't work. His words. David Wallace Wells, who I do not know and have never read before, I don't believe, wrote a piece for the Intelligencer. And it's entitled, The Kids Are All Right. Why now is the time to rethink COVID safety protocols for children and everyone else? The kids are safe, he opens this by saying. They always have been. may sound strange given a year of panic over school closures and reopenings, a year of masking toddlers and closing playgrounds and huddling in panic pods. According to the CDC, among children, the mortality risk from COVID-19 is actually lower 
than from the flu. The risk of severe disease or hospitalization is about the same. This is true for the much worried over Delta variant as well. It is true for all the other variants and for the original strain. Most remarkably, it has been known to be true since the various very earliest days of this pandemic. Indeed, it was among the very first things we did know about the disease. The preliminary mortality rate from China was very clear. To children, COVID-19 represented only a vanishingly tiny threat of death, hospitalization, or even severe disease. Yet for a year and a half, we have been largely unwilling to firmly and fully believe it. Children now wear masks at Little League games, swimming pools. When school reopens in the fall, they will likely have to wear masks there too. But the kids are not at risk themselves, and they never were. And I want to get into this article in full. We don't have time tonight because I want to get to crazy town because Joe Biden is restoring decency to America. I want to take you down a little trip because he said this today in his great threat since the Civil War speech. We need to restore decency to America. And I want to remind you how Joe Biden's been doing that. Roll it, G. He's like Bill Murray's character in Kingpin. Good, and again, please look right here. So tell me about you. His wife, Holly. Hi, Holly. How are you? Now, why don't you, Holly, you come over to my side. You can come over to this side. Come over to this side. Come on, this side. Okay? Come on, sis. You get right in the middle of me. Oh my God! There you go. Look at the face. How old are you? Twenty-eight. Twenty. That's too old. Twenty-six. Come on, thank you. I thought they were still in school. Too many beautiful girls in school. Yeah, one job. My father used to say, for real, keeps your boys away from your sister. Just remember, no serious guys in your thirty. Is this your sister? You have a hard job. You got to keep the boys away from your sister. That's a deal. Creepy old men, too. You have a hard job keeping the boys away from your sister. Like you have a beautiful sister, keep the boys away from your sister. That's the job. Wait a second. We have to restore decency to America. Because that creepy town? <laughs> Crazy town. <laughs> That was creepy. All right. Uh, here's uh, the former president predicting the future. Roll that, G. P- people would ask me, yeah. knowing what you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec- a-, a third term? Um, and I-, I used to say, you know what? If, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a-, I had a-, a stand-in, a front man or front woman and, and they had an earpiece in and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff and then I could sort of deliver the lines but somebody else was 
doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with that. Well, there you have it. <laughs> the truth! <laughs> As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks most of all to you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. Make sure you visit us live from Studio6B.com. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., live from Studio 6B. We'll see you then.